We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Wikumski coming to you from my office in the upstairs of my house in New Athens, Illinois. We never know where we're going to find you, John. You're in your southern dwelling there in uh, New Athens. Uh, yep. you, anyway, yeah, I am a, <laughs> Pastor Matt Clark. I'm always in the same place. I'm in South St. Louis at Ascension Lutheran Church. Well, and, and it's interesting you say that because we had an interesting February, you and I here in St. Louis. We had plenty of snow and plenty of cold weather. And so I talked to my kids up in, in Minnesota and I say, yeah, yeah, it's going to be like 10 degrees. And they said, wow, it's going to be above zero. <laughs> <laughs> Heat <Yeah>. wave. <laughs> Heat wave, yeah. Um, so we're in the midst of doing a discussion about loving your enemies. Uh, and, and last uh, week you were telling us, Matt, about how, yeah, Jesus says that. That's what you're supposed to do is love them. Turn the other cheek. Uh, give away your tunic if they take your cloak. Um, and and we said we needed to talk about the fact that what happens, though, Matt, if, if, um, if for example, someone would come and rob you, uh, do you say, okay, here's my billfold and, and here's my credit cards as well? Or if they threatened your family, do you just say, okay, well, do whatever you want to do. Uh, don't we have a right to defend them? Uh, I, I don't, do you have any thoughts about that? Because it just seems like this shouldn't be the way we live all the time. Isn't there sometimes when we can stand up for ourselves? Yes. Yeah, I think that's a great point, too. Uh, this is not a call to be victimized <laughs> by people um, without any kind of repercussion, right? And I think especially that example that you use about, you know, what if what if someone did uh, seek to harm us or harm our family? Well, I think the other thing we keep in mind is we're called not just to love our enemies, but also to love our neighbor, right? Yeah. Love your neighbors yourself. Uh, and our closest neighbors to us are our family members. <laughs> so, you know, out of love for them, certainly we want to defend them. We want them to be safe. We want to do all we can to protect them. So we don't want to love our enemy at the expense of neglecting to love our neighbor, or love our family, or uh, fulfill the vocations that God has given to us as a husband or a father or, or uh, any of those important vocations, too. So we don't love our enemy at the harm of other people. Or, yeah. Well, and, and see, I really appreciate the fact that you've brought up the word love, because that's what we have to understand. Jesus is giving us directions on how to agape, how, how to love. Um, and, and I think it's helpful if we remember that uh, uh, we live in two kingdoms. That's what the Bible teaches. Uh, there is a kingdom on the right. Uh, it is the kingdom of the church. It is the kingdom of Christianity. Uh, and that's the kingdom that, that uh, he's speaking about here, because uh, in this kingdom, we, we do share, we, we give, we don't hesitate to, to loan, and we don't expect anything back. Uh, do you have church potlucks? Do they still do church potlucks, Matt? I know a lot of churches aren't doing that as much anymore. Well, certainly not with COVID. But yeah, it, it, before COVID hit. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you bet. And, 
And did you notice that in a church potluck, no one said, hey, hey, stay away from my chocolate cake. <laughs> That's my chocolate <laughs> cake. I brought that for me. No, no, we gladly give out shares of our chocolate cake. And here, I have some of my bean salad, too. In fact, would you like a second helping? See? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that that's the way it is in the kingdom of the right. But but we also need to note that we, we also have another kingdom. It is the kingdom of the left. And we live in that kingdom as well. And that is a, a kingdom of rules and laws and regulations and punishments and consequences, uh, uh, you know, and penalties. Right. Uh, a policeman pulls you over. Even a Christian policeman is going to write you a ticket. Okay, because that's what he's called to do. Uh, And the illustration that I use is is my vocation and my wife's vocation before we retired. I was a pastor. My vocation is strictly in the well, not strictly, but for the most part in the kingdom of the right. My job was to forgive people. People would come to me to be forgiven. My wife's vocation, however, was definitely (laughs) in the kingdom of the left. She was a principal. Right. You don't if, want to go to the principal's office. That's the point. Yes. Uh, if you get sent to the principal's office, you're not expecting mercy, are you? <laughs> uh, in fact, Lynn says the kids would be crying and she didn't even say or do a thing because they knew in the kingdom of the left, there will be judgment. Right. Later on in this text, Jesus says, don't judge. But no, in the kingdom of the left, there is judgment. There is condemnation. There is penalties. There are detentions. They, you have to call your parents and what have you. Uh, and so we need we need to release that. We, we got to ask ourselves which of the kingdoms we're in. Although what I really appreciated what you said about love, because don't you see, that's what Lynn did. She didn't discipline children because she hated them, but because she loved them. Because as, as you said, it, it's, it's not good for people to be harmed by other people. No, people need to be protected from that. And it's not good for the person who does the harm, right? Uh, the one who commits thievery, that, that's as bad for him as it is for the people he's stolen from, because this is not a good way to live your life. So, so that's another clarification we need to make. You need to ask yourself, where am I at? Am I in the kingdom of the left or the kingdom of the right? And, and it occurred to me, Matt, if I could make one final thing. If you look at the examples here, these are all kingdom of the right examples. Yeah. I'll give you I'll give you two two examples. Number one, if you are struck on the cheek. Now, now please notice it doesn't say if someone comes up and robs you at gunpoint or if someone threatens you with a knife. Uh, to be struck on the cheek is a very, very personal kind of uh, um, uh, attack. It's not what an enemy soldier would do, trust me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wouldn't that have been something if World War II, if we came up, we started having Back a slap other. box? <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's no, that's a different thing. Let me ask you a personal question. Have you ever been slapped in your life? Have I ever been? <laughs> have you? Come on, confess. It was, it was, I think it was just there. Uh, <laughs> It was just right. a non-voluntary slap, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now you got to explain that. What do you mean a non-voluntary slap? Uh, well, see, and we well, this is getting off subject, John. But you 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 forced me to it. So okay, you know, we my wife and I were on a walk. And this is when we were first dating, and uh, <laughs> we were we were going by the cemetery, and um, I was trying to scare Lisa, <laughs> and uh, she said, oh, "Don't don't do that. Don't talk. Don't scare me." You know. And and I kept doing it, and then uh, you know you know if you have this fight or flight or fight reaction to things, yeah. 
you know, you run or you fight. Well, sadly, Lisa's more of a fight reaction. <laughs> so she really uh, kind of involuntarily just slapped me. So <laughs> involuntary. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. I think she knew exactly what she was doing. <laughs> no, I like to th- <laughs> I like to think it was involuntary. <laughs> but anyway, that that is my one time I've been slapped. Yeah. Not not isn't that interesting cuz I've only been slapped once in my life and, and I know there are people thinking, "Really? <laughs> you seem like the person that would have been slapped a lot." <laughs> and, and again, it was my grandmother. My gra- who was the most kindly loving Christian woman that I have ever known in my life with perhaps the exclusion of my my wife Janet and now my wife, Lynn. Uh, and again, I, yeah, maybe it was involuntary, but I'm thinking I probably deserved it, as I recall the circumstances. Yeah, I deserved it too, John, <laughs> yeah, deep down. Kind of, I kind of it. lipped off to her and and uh, I kind of, it caught you off guard though, didn't it, Matt? Didn't it surprise oh, yeah. you? Yeah, I couldn't believe well, it. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's the point I'm making. Uh, that's the situation we have there. This is between friends, family, loved ones maybe even. Uh, and, and the same thing about the, about the taking the uh, cloak. I, I was struck by the fact that he doesn't use the word for steal, right? That we know the commandment, thou shalt not steal. Uh, klepto is actually the Greek word, which is kind of cool, isn't it? Because we get yep. kleptomaniac from that. But that's not the word he uses here. And again, I think it's it's more like uh, your sister comes over and she she uh, borrows, uh, borrows your dress. Now, you and I don't have dresses, but you know what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> Hypothetically. <laughs> Hypothetically. Yes. Well, does your wife, does she have a sister? No, she doesn't. She's got a brother. Oh, okay. uh, well, yeah. <laughs> we he comes, yeah. Well, that's an issue. That's another problem. But my, my wife's got several sisters, and I could see your sisters coming over and just taking a dress. And of course, Lynn would think, well, well, wait a second. That's my, what do you, but but again, the point Jesus is making, yeah, if if, if some, well, then yeah, you can have that. In fact, you you need a, uh, you, you need a coat, coat to go with that or something. I got a matching, you know what I'm saying? That should be our attitude uh, when we're dealing in the kingdom of the right. Uh, well, anyway, so I just wanted to share that with you. And now I, I'm ready to go on to the next verses because you oh, said you've got more yeah, stuff about yeah. that. Yeah, I, I think there's one other thing real quick, John. You yeah. know, I think, you know, how do we best love our enemy? You know, even yeah. in the kingdom of the right, how yeah. do we best love them? And sometimes that's, you know, praying for them, uh, praying oh, that man, they yeah. would, you know, come to repentance or praying that they would hear the, the word of the Lord and take it to heart. So what does loving your enemy look like? It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not always just allowing yourself to be slapped, right? You know, no, and Jesus, no. as, as he talks about that, but it's sometimes it's, it's being in prayer for your enemy. Uh, sometimes it's, it's sharing that word of the Lord with your enemy. So it, it looks different depending on the circumstance. What does real love look like for an enemy? And Matt Manigan, thank you for bringing that out. See, because that's what makes Christian discipline different than the discipline of the yeah. world. Yeah. And the discipline of the world, it's just discipline. That's what it is. You did something, now you deserve this punishment. Yep. But but in Christian discipline, it's always hoping for the best outcome, for the repentance of the enemy, for the change of heart. That's what we want, not just to punish them for punishment's sake, but for the sake that their heart will be changed. All right, good point. So how far do you want me to read now, Yeah, so let's read uh, 30 verses 32 through 36 as Jesus continues this discussion of love for enemy. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. 
And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But again, love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Yeah, thanks, John. So, I mean, one of the things that stands out to me here is is be different. Love yeah. differently. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, only love those who love you. Even the sinners do that. Uh, but you're called to be different. You're, you're followers of Christ. Uh, we're called to love differently. And I, I think to give thought to what witness does that give to the world? So when we do love our enemy, when we do uh, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse us, that, again, that's not normal. That's countercultural. The rest of the world doesn't work that way. But when we do that as Christians, boy, people take notice. And then it bears, it gives an opportunity for us to bear witness to the one who is first merciful to us, right? That's how it ends. Be merciful, even as your father is merciful. We have an opportunity for our mercy to reflect God's mercy toward us in Christ. Um, there's examples of that uh, in scripture, certainly. Did you notice what the Old Testament text was that was paired with this gospel, John? You know, so often in our lectionary, the Old Testament and the gospel readings kind of go together, have some kind of touch point. Did you, do you remember what the Old Testament well, text was? Well, yeah, and it was a perfect one because it was an example yeah. of this. It was the story of Joseph finally meeting up with his brothers after many, many years. And, of course, the brothers are just scared, witless, because, you know, the last time they saw Joseph, they had thrown him in a pit and then sold him off for slavery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That, that, yeah, I mean, and that, now he's the guy in charge. He's this man second only to Pharaoh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that could qualify as as being an enemy, right? You know, they're shaking so. in their boots. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, Joseph has the authority to to put them to death if he wants to. Um, he's second in command, like you said. But yet, what does Joseph do? I mean, he shows them mercy. He shows them love. He weeps over them even. Um, he, he even admits and, and acknowledges that you meant this for evil. He realizes it. He knows they meant it for evil. Yeah. He's no yeah. dummy. Uh, but God meant it for good uh, and acknowledges that. And boy, he, he shows love and care to his family, to his brothers who uh, wish that he was dead. He provides for them. And I mean, I think this is a powerful example of love for enemies, uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, Matt, that that weeping, that weeping, that that always strikes me because, you know, that's what Jesus does, doesn't he? Yeah. He weeps over Jerusalem. Oh, yeah. Knowing full well what they're going to do to him. Talk about being an enemy. I guess, yeah, mocking, spitting upon, cursing, beating, hanging on a cross. That's pretty much the action of an enemy. That goes far beyond slapping somebody on the cheek, although they do that too, you know. And yet he weeps over them. He's saddened. That's the last. He just wishes they would be different. You know, I, you're yeah. right. That's so touching uh, to oh, yeah. actually weep over your enemies, to wish and pray, as you said earlier, that, that they would repent. Uh, certainly don't. And I often wonder, too, when, when Jesus says in the final judgment, depart from me. I wonder if he doesn't speak those words with a tear in his eye. I, he can't be happy yeah. that he's yeah. saying that. No. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a good point. That's who he came to save, after all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah there's you know just two other instances that come to mind. I, I mentioned praying for our enemies, right? We're called to do that too. They can pray for our enemy. That's one way we can show love for them. So another example that came to mind was uh, in the New Testament. So the Book of Acts, chapter seven. 
Um, that's that account of Stephen. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Stephen, that, that deacon, that servant leader in the early church, uh, the Bible describes him as being full of grace and power, doing great wonders and signs among the people. And it's for that reason that the Jewish leaders, specifically the, the synagogue rulers, they hate him. <laughs> they despise him. And so they put him on trial. And on trial, Stephen just basically lays out God's story of salvation, just God's work throughout history uh, in the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament. And then finally, culminating in, in who the one that Stephen refers to as the righteous one, Jesus Christ. And then he says, the one that you killed on a cross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's on it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then they go into a rage, right? Then they, yeah. they begin to grind their teeth at him. And then they're ready to stone him, you know, and, and literally just throw rocks and stones at Stephen until he's just a bloody, battered mess, a corpse. <laughs> I mean, it's a terrible way to die. But then we hear that full of the Holy Spirit, Stephen gazes up into heaven. He sees the glory of God. He sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And as the, the rocks are beating his body, uh, he cries out with this loud voice. And I mean, here's where we see love of enemy in action. Uh, Stephen cries out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And that's incredible. I mean, if there's a time to curse someone, <laughs> that would be it. <laughs> but yet, Stephen, yeah, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. And then when he says that, the, the scriptures tell us he fell asleep. He just fell asleep. Uh, boy, uh, he was put to death unjustly. Uh, and he loved his enemies right up to the end. I mean, he loved differently. And you wonder, you know, in Stephen's words, in his dying breaths, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. I wonder if any decided, hey, maybe I should check this Jesus guy out. Oh, you know? yeah. I wonder yeah. if anyone yeah. said, you know, may, hey, may, if he can love like that, even as he's dying, you know, maybe maybe Jesus is worth following. Who is this Jesus that Stephen followed? So you wonder what kind of witness, maybe even to the very people who, who killed him, uh, maybe to the very uh, synagogue rulers who, who put him on trial. You wonder what happened, what kind of witness that gave, that he loved differently than 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 the rest of the world does. Uh, I think it's a you know powerful witness. And and you know so, so there's two things that cross my mind. Number one, I was whining and complaining because Jesus wanted me to turn the other cheek, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm kind of humble now. Oh yeah, so that's actually just the easiest thing. <laughs> well yeah, yeah. Because if they would start stoning me, then I'm I I should still pray for them. I should still ask you know God to bless them and to forgive them. And I'm thinking, okay, well then maybe turning the other cheek really isn't as big a deal as I thought it was. And you're absolutely right, because I'm so concerned, because often as Christians, you do, we, we do just respond in kind. And, and like you said, well, what witness is that? I guess what Jesus says, I guess that we're sinners. And, huh? we, we thought we were really good, but maybe we weren't. Maybe we're just sinners like everybody else, which, of yeah. course, then would move us to fall on our knees and call to the Lord for his mercy, uh, which, of course, is what he gives. But you're right that to help people see that, that that's a real thing. Uh, and, and that mercy is is for them too. That's what we want. We want the mercy of God to fall upon even the people who who are against us, especially for the people that are against us. We want them to know the mercy and forgiveness of Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's that's what it's all about is Jesus' mercy and forgiveness. And that's the only reason that Stephen was able to do that because he knew that mercy and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And we see that at the cross, right? 
Yeah. Uh, at the cross, Jesus dies for his enemies, really. You know, when you think about it, you know, as he's gazing down from the cross, uh, he sees the very people that spat on him and slapped him, like you said, John, who nailed him to the tree, the, the soldiers who mocked him, uh, the people who cried out for his crucifixion. And what does Jesus cry out from the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And you wonder, you know, if he makes eye contact even with some oh, of his people my, yeah, as yeah, he says yeah. those words. Those, I mean, they're his enemies. They consider Jesus, at least, to be their enemy. Um, but that's who Jesus dies for. He dies for his enemies. And again, last week we closed with that, that verse from Romans 5, verse 10, where it's, it calls us enemies. <laughs> for, for if while we were enemies, right, it's talking about us. Uh, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Uh, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. You know, we were enemies of God uh, by nature, sinful and unclean. But we've been reconciled, restored by the death of his son. You know, Father, forgive them. <laughs> forgive me, uh, as Jesus speaks those words on the cross. And I think, you know, when we, when we come to worship, John, that's what we're reminded of again and again. Uh, we, we come and, and we realize uh, that we are no longer enemies when we hear those words of absolution and forgiveness pronounced. Uh, when we come to the Lord's Supper, uh, we receive Christ's body and blood and forgiveness given and shed for us. We realize we're no longer enemies anymore. Uh, he's made us friends. He's made us even more than friends. He's made us through baptism, you know, even sons and daughters of God himself. Um, so we are no longer enemies. We are we are restored, reconciled through Christ. And because, again, I love that verse 36 in that text from Luke, be merciful even as your father is merciful. We've been shown mercy. Oh, now, now we can show mercy. You know, going back to that scene on the cross, I, I just had an, an additional thought. Because, yeah, we, we, we see the people there that were nailing him to the cross, that were mocking him even as he was dying. Um, and, and so we hear, it, you know, Father, forgive them. But but I think we would say, well, but see, we're not like that. No, we, we're the disciples. Uh, no, we're different than the people that crucified him. And yet I think when he said, Father, forgive them, don't you think he was thinking about Peter and James and, and oh, Andrew? The ones uh, who deserted uh, him, yeah. Peter that, just denied him three times, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you can be an enemy of a person and not actually ever hit him, but you just abandon him. You just turn your back on someone. That's probably the cruelest, meanest thing that you can do. And, and that's what the disciples did. Uh, and, of course, one of the disciples actually betrays him. And, and Peter denies he even knows him. And, and the other problem is they all doubt him. They all doubt him. And that's a really mean thing to do to someone, to not trust them, to not believe in them, to doubt them. And yet, yet you're right that that mercy was extended over the whole bunch. There wasn't a single one that Jesus didn't pray for when he said, Father, forgive them. And the mercy that he gained on that cross and the love, the love, too, because uh, 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 you don't want just mercy. You, you want to have love as well. And, and that was extended to every one of those people. And like you said, Matt, it's extended to every one of us. Yes. Uh, especially, as you said, in the baptism and the supper and, and in wrestling with the basics and in the preaching of the word on a Sunday and on a midweek Lenten service, too. Amen. Yeah, exactly, John. You know, I, the other thing that strikes me about both Stephen and Jesus is Stephen cries out to God, you know, do not hold the sin against them. Jesus cries out to his Father, you know, forgive them. And I think those are both two examples of 
of praying for your enemies. I yeah. mean, they're crying out to God, the Father, on behalf of their enemies. And so uh, an encouragement for us to also pray for our enemies, too. Do you mind if we end with that, John, if we pray for our enemies? Yeah, but before we do, just, just one thing. There's one yeah, more thing ahead. I want to talk about. Okay. Because because it's we mentioned it last week. There is a verse in this text that no Roman, Greek, or Jew would oh, ever yeah. speak, yeah. but Jesus does. And we'll talk about that then next week. And yeah, let's close by praying for our enemies. Matt, please. Okay. What and a this is from our, our hymnal, Lutheran Service okay. Book, Prayer for Enemies. Everlasting God, through your only Son, uh, you commanded us to love our enemies, to do good those to those who hate us, and to pray for those who persecute us. Therefore, we earnestly implore you that by your gracious working, our enemies may be led to true repentance, may have the same love toward us as we have toward them, and may be of one accord and of one mind and heart with us and with your whole church. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.